Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. As we read through the story today, you know, you ever read something and you know, you know it, but it's good to be reminded. As we read through the story today, we see that Jesus was born, but he always existed. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him is life. And later on in that same chapter, the Apostle John says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And another thing I see interesting, God is not limited to time or space or matter. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version today. But I feel there's a few housekeeping rules we need to set. Because as King James and most of us are not familiar with it. We may notice some words like thee and thou. T-H-O-U, T-H-E-E. Means the same thing, means you. And then there might be another little word in there, art. Not art like you draw. But art like an R. So if I was to say, thou art, that means you are. Okay? Some other words that we should go over that I found interesting. And we'll see in the reading. The word hail. That word means to greet with enthusiastic approval or praise. Another word is low, L-O, which means look, see, behold, in an expression of surprise. (laughs) And another word, overshadow, which means to cast a shadow over. You know a shadow does not touch you, but it falls on you. In order to have a shadow, you first need an object and light. The Holy Spirit in the scriptures here, in this case, is the object, and Jesus is the light. Then there's the words, throne of his father David. Sometimes that can be complex, and we really don't know what God's talking about, because Jesus is God's son, and how's that all work? Well... It goes back to 2 Samuel when God promised King David that the Messiah would come through his lineage. And that's found in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. So without further ado, 
And without the these and the thous, I can't guarantee that. But we'll continue with the Christmas story. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail! Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. You getting all this? Okay. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered in her mind what manner of greeting this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him at the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. But the story doesn't end there. This is just the beginning of a little glimpse of time, some 33, 34 years in all of history, that starts a progression of things that without the beginning, we wouldn't have the end. Jesus Christ, God's Son, 
left his throne in glory to come take on a form of flesh like you and I. And he grew, and he became a man, and he proved that he was the son of God. And what did he do? He died for our sins because we cannot save ourselves. That's the Christmas story. Without the beginning, we have no end. But Jesus just didn't die. He rose again from the dead that we may have eternal life. That's in the words of Paul Harvey, is the rest of the story. God loves us so much. So at this Christmas season, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's okay. You can know him. Just ask him into your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand in awe of all the things that you've given us and that you've done for us. To think that God the Spirit would come on and take a form of flesh for us. We thank you. So, Father, we declare that we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we confess that he is our Lord and Savior. We asked him to forgive us of our sins because we cannot save ourselves. So, Father, we turn to you in Jesus' name to forgive us and give us eternal life. Father, we thank you for the wonder and the glory of this moment, this little speck in time that set the whole world in motion, so to speak, that we could have everlasting life. We thank you, Father, and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. It must be. Man, that was good. You get more creative every year. I can hardly wait until next year to see what you come up with. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know um, God has a plan? I'm going to say that again. God has a plan. And, our, uh, and uh, we are to fit in to his plan. And God has a problem. He thinks he's God. <laughs> the reality is, though, he doesn't have the problem. We have the problem because we think we're God. And so as soon as we get that issue settled, then we can go forth in the peace of God that was talked about. The peace of God that passes all understanding. I want to tell you this morning that, um, that, God, that our prayers have to fit into God's plan. Because the Bible says in 1 John, this is all because of Raymond. I, I'm not even going to pray. I'm not getting to my thing yet. But, we have, but God has a plan, and our plan and our prayers have to fit into his plan for those prayers to be answered. The Bible says, if we ask anything, what is ask? Asking is prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And we know if he hears us, we have the petition or the prayer that we ask of him. You say, well, that, li- that could limit my prayer life. Well, no, not really. If you just find out what God has, what God's plan is for your life, you say, well, oh God, tell me what my, what's your plan? It's not that difficult. All right. So somebody say Merry Christmas. Somebody say Merry Miracle. I like that. I think that's more biblical than Merry Christmas myself. Because Jesus didn't say, uh, well, I'll just, I won't try to elaborate on it. But Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. And, the re- and what he meant by that, when he goes to his Father, he's going to release the Holy Spirit He's going to release the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And when he comes upon us, we are the wrapping and he is the present and he is going. He's the one that performs it. You know, once you find out that you're not the one doing the miracle, you're going to see that you're going to see there's going to be more miracles performed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I heard a thing years ago. It says, don't be nervous in service. Because when I was a young preacher, and I was called upon to go pray for people, I'd get nervous because I thought I was the man of faith and power. But I felt like the man of paste and powder. (laughs) But the reality is, is the more we realize who he is and who he is in us, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. As he's in us, the glory comes out. Turn to somebody and say, Merry Miracle. If you get quiet or if you get sober on me, I got to do something to bring you back. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to give you a, a, a message title. But we'll see where it goes from there. My, you know, God has a plan, like I said earlier. And he sticks to that plan, even though you don't. Even though I don't. God has a plan, and even though there might be a hiccup, and even though there might be a detour, he always comes back to the original Plan. He doesn't say, oh, they messed up. I gotta, I gotta think up a new plan. No, we come back to the original plan that God has. And so this is what I believe the original plan is. The birth of the king was to make you a king. The birth of King Jesus was to make you a king. He is the king of kings. He's the main king. We're the under king. Thank you, Lord. So we don't want to get confused. Because if you get confused, you could go through some some irritating times. Because sometimes we think we know better than God. Sometimes we think we've got a better plan. Sometimes we think we're Ford. Remember Ford? Ford has a better idea. 
You got to be, I guess you got to be old to remember that. But Ford has a better idea, and a lot of times we think we're Ford. We got a better idea. But God sent his son, the king, to make you a king. And he has not deviated from that plan. And I can prove that, which I'm not, I, I didn't write down the scripture, but Genesis chapter 1, he says, let, them, uh, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. What's that mean? That you are to rule. And when he said man, he also meant woman too. I see Rebecca said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she just not real, she, but she did say, you did do that. <laughs> but anyway, God has called us to rule and to bring about his kingdom. And this is kind of just, I just wrote this down. It might not fit in, but I want you to think about it. God sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil, not to authorize them. God sent Jesus into, into the world to destroy the works of the devil, not to authorize them. Or let me say it this way, not to validate them. Why do I say that? Is because we, Christianity has gotten confused where we, uh, we've changed, the devil and God has changed places. If you look at, if you read through the New Testament, you will see that what Jesus did and what Satan did. They have not reversed roles, and now God is, and now Jesus is doing what the devil did, and now the devil is doing what Jesus did. Thank you, Lord. Man. When you get old, you get full with a lot of stories, but you never get done if you tell all those stories. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, to save the world, God sent a baby. The world refuses God's works because he does everything opposite of what the world expects. They wanted a king that would come, uh, that would come and take out the Romans. That, uh, but God sent a son, but God sent a, a king that would destroy the works of the devil. And we see that. You know, years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we see in Acts chapter 10 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And again, they have not reversed roles. Selah. Whatever that means. I think it means stop and think about it for a while. Stop and think about the fact that God and the devil has not reversed roles. You know, yeah, let's just go. So God sends a baby. But you know, the baby didn't stay a baby. The baby is the wrapping. The Bible says, and... The, and um, by the way, I was thinking about this. I never see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus is called Emmanuel. Say, so, hey, Emmanuel. 
But God called him that. And he says, he's going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. So the baby was just the package. The value was on the inside. Hallelujah. You know, when I was a kid, if I would have got a box like this under the Christmas present, under the Christmas tree, I'd have been disappointed. I would have been extremely been disappointed because to me, big meant better. The bigger, the better. But big doesn't always mean better. But the world was expecting a big king to come in and take out the Roman Empire. And, God, and Jesus said, I've got another plan. I'm going to take out the real problem. I'm going to take out the devil. And uh, in Hebrews, he says, that through death, Jesus Christ might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And we also know from 1 John that he, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, has God's plan changed? Who's God using now to take out the works of the devil? Well, we're waiting for him to come back. We're going to get raptured out before, before, no, he's going to use you. Oh, but it, it, the job's too big. You don't have to do the whole job. You just have to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're looking at everything. We're looking at how bad it's getting. We look at this, this bad, that bad. How are we going to change things? Whatever God gives you to do, you do, and it will change things. If we all do the thing that God tells us to do, we're going to change things. We're going to see things changed. Yeah. Hallelujah. I have to save this for next year. <laughs> this is my Christmas message. So big is not the guarantee for success or victory. Goliath was big and bad and ugly. He had an ugly attitude anyway. He was big, he was bad, he was ugly, but God used a little shepherd boy to take him out. Goliath had the spear, the shield, the sword, he had all the armor, and David had a rock. You can find a rock anywhere, especially around here. There's a lot of shale around here. God uses little things. A lot of times God asks you, what is in your hand? He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, concerning the things, concerning this thing, I pleaded the Lord three times that he might depart, three times that it, it might depart. And some people say, well, that's Paul's sickness. That wasn't sickness. That was a demon that was that was oppressing Paul everywhere he went. He was persecuted. They even tried to kill him. They, they stoned him and left him for dead. And after they all left, the, the rest of the Christians were just standing around Paul just crying. And all of a sudden they see the rocks start to shake a little bit. Because Paul 
is alive. Some people think that some people think that he died and went to the third heaven and came back. Whatever he did, he went. We know he went there, and we know he came back because he told us he did. Whether it was that or not or not, I don't know. What am I saying? You are the rapper. It's what's on the inside. He said to me, after I prayed about getting rid of this demon, my grace is sufficient for you. God's riches at Christ's expense, God's power, God's anointings, God's authority is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. How many of you are waiting to get strong? You don't need to wait to get strong. You don't get, God doesn't get any glory when you're the strong one. He gets the glory when you're weak. Some of the biggest miracles I've seen, and I've seen some big ones, is when I felt, when I, I thought, God, if you don't come through, it ain't nothing happening. It is nothing happening. And you're waiting to get strong before something happens. And I'm telling you, God is waiting for you to say, God, I need you. I need you. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You, you say, well, you know, I'm waiting. I, you know, his grace is sufficient for me. Well, if his grace is sufficient for you, then you better be shown the power. Ooh, did I say that? <laughs> if his grace is sufficient for you, then he is on you with power. You might still feel as weak as ever. Is that right? Is that Jesus? <laughs> I saw that in a movie one time. I just, oh, I can hardly wait to do that. That better be Jesus. Anyway. Therefore, I take pleasures in my infirmities. Notice, notice infirmities is weakness, okay? It's not sickness. I take pleasure in my weakness, in reproaches. How many of you take, how many of you get upset when the neighbor talks bad about you? Well, Paul takes pleasure in it. I used to get mad when people talk about me because I want a good reputation. And if people talk bad about you, it's hard to keep a good reputation because they're lying about me. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in needs. I take pleasure in persecution. I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. How am I made strong? That little thing that's on the inside of you. Now, if I showed this, if 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 one of you ladies saw this under the tree... Sometimes the smaller, the better. (laughs) This package here is more valuable than all the big presents we have under our tree. And it's for me? 
I don't think it would fit. You gave it to me. <laughs> this is a present I got a long time ago. As a matter of fact, the package... <laughs> I already asked her and she said no. <laughs> didn't you say Didn't I ask you? Okay. Yeah, you got to read between the lines, right? <laughs> Is that like no means yes and yes means no? And bad really means good. You bad, that means no, you good. You good means you bad. I, I don't know. Praise the Lord. Anyway. Well, you got me off track. I don't know what I was going to say. I'm not as quick-witted as I used to be. Oh, I got to shut up because... Anyway, it might come back to me. Do you know the Bible says in Zechariah 10... Or 4, verse 10, it says, despise not small beginnings. Despise not small beginnings. If God calls you to do something, it might be, it might be something small. But if you're obedient to the small, he will give you more. If you're unfaithful in the, in the least, you will be unfaithful in much. Thank you, Lord. Your future, your future blessing is dependent on today's obedience. If you do the small things, God, will, uh, God tells you he will release the more. His power is released to the degree of our obedience. You say, well, Pastor, you get me under the law. No, I'm not getting you under the law. I'm getting you to liberty. If you continue... In my word. Am I preaching that bad? Everybody's leaving on me today. Oh, that's okay. We're, we're good. If I don't get them laughing, they'll go to sleep on me. I'm not like rain. Whoa! Low! Woo! I thought we was in a Pentecostal church for a minute. Oh, I'm full of it. I don't know what, but <laughs> hallelujah. I think I'm going to have to skip some of this. <laughs> Through the scripture, God uses the small things. He doesn't, he's not, he didn't call the big things, he, but he makes the, he can make the small big. He can make the small big. Thank you, Lord. Well, I have to skip some Thanks. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> God used a slave by the name of Joseph to save Egypt and the Israelites. He used a slave. God did not send Joseph down to Egypt as some big ambassador. He sent him down there as a slave and he taught him he taught him authority and how to rule. Do you know he taught him how to rule and authority in the prison? He taught him management in Potiphar's house. And by the time God needed him, he was ready. He went, God, in an instant, 
in an instant, you know, God suddenly sometimes take a long time to come. <laughs> and suddenly. Well, you know, God promised that suddenly 4,000 years before. God told Eve, your seed is going to crush the head of Satan. That promise took 4,000 years to happen. Don't worry, you won't have to wait 4,000 years. <laughs> God used a stick and an insecure man by the name of Moses to deliver the Israelites from slavery. He used a stick. I was going to bring one, but I was so focused on this little package <laughs> that I forgot about the stick. God said, take that stick and throw it down, becomes a snake. And then God says, pick it up by the tail. Well, I don't know about that, Lord. You're supposed to take him up by the head. Anybody here ever pick up a snake besides me? All right. You don't take him up. You don't pick him up by the, head, by the tail, do you? What happens if you pick him up by the tail? You get bit. But he had to trust God to do exactly the opposite of what he thought. And a lot of times God will ask or tell you to do things that you think is totally absurd and crazy. If I do this, I'm going to get hurt. But he did not get hurt. That snake became a stick again. And he took that stick and he struck the Nile and it became blood. He took that stick and raised it, and a sea split open so that they could walk through. Man, you know, if you look at what was that stick, that was a stick that he leaned on. Before, before the supernatural came in, he leaned on that stick. I think what God's trying to tell us by that is we need to lean on his power and not our own thinking. Thank you, Lord. God used, uh, God used a little boy's lunch to feed 5,000. Jesus said, that the disciples said, send them away to McDonald's and Wendy's we, because it's late and we want to go home. You know why I said that? Because I thought on a lot of meetings, I just want to go home. Send them to McDonald's, send them to Wendy's, send them to Cuppies, send them to Walmart so we can go home. And Jesus says, what's in your hand? What do you have? What do you have? Well, we have a uh, few loaves and few fishes, five loaves, few fishes. But what are these among so many? Jesus said, just make them sit down. Make, it's, not what, it's not what the wrapper is, it's what's on the inside. Do you know what's inside your wrapper, your body? The power of the Holy Ghost. The power of God, just waiting to be released. We got to get our eyes off of what we are now and know that God wants to release his power through us. Smile at me. Oh, thank you. I was thinking. Of... 
God used faithful Gideon's small 300-man army. 300 men don't sound too bad. But when there's an army against you that's innumerable, <laughs> it don't sound too big. He used that 300-man army to destroy an army that was innumerable. God used a choir to destroy three murderous armies. Second Chronicles 20.20. 20. There's three armies coming out. Jehoshaphat. My kids used to call me Jehoshaphat. I don't know why. <laughs> but but um, anyway, Jehoshaphat had a prayer meeting. Then a prophet gave a prophetic word. And then just, and God says to go out before them. And Jehoshaphat got an idea. Let's send the choir out there. I've been wanting to get a new one. No. <laughs> he says, let's, let's send the choir out there. And as soon as they started singing, <laughs> the army started killing themselves. I don't know why. <laughs> That's why we don't have choir. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. God says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. A small, tiny mustard seed. God says the kingdom of God is like leaven. Leaven, what's that? Yeast. Anybody know what yeast is? You put a little bit in the dough and it takes over the whole dough. You say, well, I'm just a little old me. I'm glad you said that because God wants to use little old me's to show his power. You say, well, you know, this is supposed to be about Christmas. It is about Christmas. It is about Christmas where God is bringing us back to the original plan. And he used a little package with the power and the glory of God and God himself in the package and, it, and the package grew up and the package became the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants to take the little package that you think you are and he wants to release the glory and the power of God. Yes. Thank you, Lord. We see again that Emmanuel is God with us, still revealing himself through us. Emmanuel, it didn't go away. Emmanuel is you. Ooh. Emmanuel is you. What do you mean you? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And who... Who's the greater one? The greater one is God, and God is in you, so Emmanuel hasn't left. So wherever, so wherever you go, Emmanuel should be revealed. Boy, this is easier preached than practiced. But bless God, it's the truth. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If we, honor and if we honor Jesus Christ and cooperate with his plans, we will see the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. You say, well, how important is it? 
Well, Paul said to the Galatians, my little children, in whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you or manifested. Until Christ, until Christ becomes preeminent in our lives. Until Christ becomes preeminent. I'm going to tell you a little secret and then I'm going to quit. This morning I got real happy. I, I was looking on the internet and I got real happy. Because, you know, and I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, the Kansas City Chiefs were doing terrible. <laughs> they were, they, they went from first to worst. And I looked this morning, and they went from worst to first. Well, I got excited about that. Man, I started feeling good. Uh, Woo! This was better than coffee. And, uh, but then the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit uses stuff. And he says, you know what? You ought, to be, you ought to be happier than that about what I've done. Wow, you ought to feel that good. It's not just, it's not just knowing it theologically. It is, you say, well, how do I make my feet, myself feel like it? God told me one time, if you act love, you'll get the feelings. So if I act happy, sometimes, sometimes you have to, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my, my sister and brother-in-law had a tractor with a crank on it. And you have to get that thing going. Well, she wanted me to start it in January. And I'm like 13, 14 years old, and I've never started a tractor. And I'm thinking, what if that thing starts going and it rips my arm off? Because I've never done it before. But you know what? You had to get that cold engine turning. And if you got it going fast enough, a spark would hit, and then it would take off. Well, you, got, you might just have to hoot and holler when you don't feel like it. You might have to shout when you don't feel like it. You might have to dance when you don't feel like it. And that cold engine might just get lubricated enough so that when the spark hits, bam, it takes off. And you don't have to wear your arm out trying to get it going. But you might have to put a little effort into it. Oh, we're back under the law. No. Hallelujah. How many of you, is there anybody here with small kids? On Christmas morning, they're going to be up at three or four in the morning, probably. Whenever, whenever daylight comes, they want to go down and they want to, they have one thing on their mind is to open them presents. Well, what are you going to do? Beat them for waking you up? Don't answer that. <laughs> no, you're going to generate, you're going to generate as much as you can. I remember, uh, 
I, I remember I told you I was going to quit. <laughs> so here we go. Where's our... Thank you, Katie. She told me to hand it over to her. She's been waiting. Yeah, I'm done. I'm not done. I'm just quitting. Well, let's give Pastor a round of applause. What a good message. <laughs> I love the idea, though, that I love your, your object lesson, that sometimes the best things come in those little packages, those unassuming packages. And I was just thinking, you know, um, I just, I love the story of, I love Christmas. I love that Jesus came as an unassuming baby to an unknown woman in an unknown land. Uh, And I just think, you know, I'm so grateful for him that in my weakness, he is made strong. That 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 weak little package, that unassuming package that sometimes I feel like I am. I am so strong because of him. You are so strong. You are made strong because of him. Um, And so could we just say these these um, these few statements after me? Could you just say I am chosen? Could you say, I am beautifully and wonderfully made? I am free from condemnation. I am strong and courageous. God is for me and not against me. I have a future and a hope that is good. And all of that and so much more are true about you because we were made in the image and the likeness of our Father God. And because Jesus came to be flesh dwelt among us and paid the price for us to be again formed in his image and likeness. And so all of that and more you are because he is in you because of Jesus. So we're going to, we're getting ready. We're going to sing Oh Holy Night together uh, before we leave. And as you're singing, just really um, embrace the words of what you're saying. Um, Because yes, he came many years ago, but he is still working. He is still moving in you, in this world, through you in this world. And so this is my, it's my favorite Christmas song. Um, so we're going to sing this all together. Yeah. In his name, all oppression shall cease. We just declare that over the nations of the world. The name of Jesus. In his name, all oppression shall cease. In Jesus' name. Jesus, you are the hope of the world. Jesus, you are the hope of my heart. You are the hope of the nations. So we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I truly wish you the most Merry Christmas, Merry Miracles, as we sang with the kids. Um, we love you. You are, you are very loved. You are very valued in this house. Uh, in the family of God. Uh, And so I just encourage you as you head out, look around, find somebody you don't recognize, somebody you don't know very well, just introduce yourself uh, on the way out. And we wish you a very Merry Christmas.